Hi, this is Rhett Bartlett. I had been hoping to interview this next guest for many years, but he has been difficult to get onto, and more importantly, there's been other priorities in his life to focus on than an interview with me. But I'm delighted that he's finally agreed for a chat, and his name is Doug Searle. And Doug Searle, for those who don't know, played football for Collingwood. He also played football for Fitzroy, and then he became a very successful under-19s coach, coaching the Fitzroy Thirds to the Premiership in 1982. And then when he came to Tigerland, he took the under-19s to the 1985 and 1989 Premierships. It was an absolute pleasure to speak to Doug Searle. Enjoy the interview. Doug, thanks for your time. This is a thrill for me because when I look through Richmond's under-19s history, your name's pretty prominent. You were, before you came to Richmond as the under-19s coach, did you coach Fitzroy, was it, at the time? Yep, through 79, 80, uh, 82, and 83, and then I went to Richmond in 84. Please, please tell me that we poached you. Is that what happened? Um, <laughs> well, to be honest with you, on that day, uh, I went in to speak to uh, a couple of people about what I was going to get paid for the following year and all that. I said a few things and walked out. And... Uh, Strange. No sooner had I got home, my wife was singing out the window, Richmond on the phone. Oh. <laughs> but there's your answer. And I think it was, uh, I can't think, it was Dicko. Kevin Dixon? Yes, Kevin Dixon, yes. Who was at Fitzroy with me, and uh, I couldn't believe it. You know, I was really upset leaving Fitzroy. I'd had a wonderful time as a player and as a coach. And lucky to win a grand final and lose a couple, and uh, away it went. And I was back at Richmond. Oh. Walked into Richmond. Well, I was going to say, you played at Fitzroy, you had earlier played at Collingwood, and here you are at, you know, what would you would call Collingwood's arch enemy in a sense, Richmond. Um, when you came into Richmond, what, what was the, the club like at that stage in terms of, say, its juniors? Uh, gee, it's a long while. Actually, my father played to Richmond. Your father played to Richmond? Sid Searle? Yep, that's him. Um, yeah. Uh, I don't know, to me, it was just a bit the same. Okay. Um, the people who were in charge were, were really good, uh, made me feel welcome. Um, the word got around, I think, that I was going to be tough and all this sort of stuff. And the whole pre-season, I never said it was. And we just trained and I was quiet as hell. I have got a bit of a temper at times. And I think we played Fitzroy at uh, Punt Road the first game in eighty. 84, yep. and I told the players how good this Fitzroy side was and how good they were, and that's why I found them rightly. They say, working out the ground, I said, you should never lose this game. Well, they were awful in the first half, and I think it was my domain, oh, I can't think of his name, the other Richmond player. He was um, sitting right next to me, and I kicked the hell out of the drink, went all over him, and put my fist into the, uh, the lockers and uh, let go. And he was looking at me like, holy hell, what's going on here? <laughs> so, no, it was, it was um, I can't ask for a better time than I had at Richmond. It was really nice, except the last year, which your dad was involved in. Not that he did anything wrong, but unfortunately in 1990, um, the last year, uh I happened to walk into the club and they said, can you come in? I think it was in Kevin's. So I walked in and uh, there was a lot of people sitting in his office and uh, I was hammered by 
people saying that in the end that they felt I wasn't um, letting players go forward. Oh. And I thought, excuse me. And there was about 16 or 17 players training out in the ground, which had come through the under-19s. <laughs> and I think, I think Kevin will remember this. I actually went to his office one day and said, mate, I think you need to take Nichols. Um, is that his name? Trent Nichols. Trent, yep. yep my favourite player growing up, Trent was. Well, I said he's too good to play in the under nine. He should go straight to your side. Yeah. I remember Cameron said, oh, well, okay, well, we'll play him in the reserves. And I think Tony Free is another one. Yeah. They both played in the under and I pushed them up. And that really upset me. And we had this, I was assuming. Then somebody mentioned about, uh, you're not going to be offered the job next year, you can apply for it. Yeah. I said, well, I won't. And then they got into um, Ian Owen, a former Premiership player who was just an outstanding person with yeah. these young players yeah. and I thought well when you're going to start saying that I wouldn't want to be here anyway and that was about the only thing that went wrong with the club when I was there. Well in the 1990 annual report for Richmond yep. there's a there's an under 19 coaches report now whether you wrote this or not or someone else did it says coaches are only as good as the people who support them my assistant coach Ian Owen has been outstanding in all areas as runner on match day and working with the players Thanks for your hard work. To finish, I would like to thank the Richmond Football Club for six great years, which gave me the chance to coach so many outstanding players, players who will hopefully lead Richmond to where we would all like to see them. That's spot on. Yep, I couldn't, I couldn't say that any better. Yeah, <laughs> He's, uh, yeah look, I, we had some great players in under nine who finished up playing. I think there was 10 of the 85, if I remember right, under 19 teams who went and played senior footy for Richmond. Okay. And some of them were really good players. But uh, unfortunately, we weren't that successful in the club, I don't think, were we? We didn't win grand finals, but we were always yeah. around, around about it. Well, was there often, did you often have that working relationship with the reserves coach or the seniors coach at Richmond to say, hey, watch this guy or look at this footage or come see this guy sort of thing? Was that? Um, or... I, used sit, I used to sit in the match committee, the match committee with all the coaches and all that sort of stuff. Oh, we okay. talked about that. But yeah. you'd offer me a, a phone call on a Saturday if someone's had to pull out. Um, yeah. I know I had some pretty good pe- people who were coaching Richmond um, Reserves. Yeah. And I can't remember all of them. And one was the greatest player I ever played on in Royce Hart, who uh, would bring up and say, hey, we need a player. And I said, that's fine. Yeah, take it. Um, but I think uh, maybe... A couple of times in the finals, are getting very close. I might have sort of said, oh, look, I'd rather give a couple of players a chance who may never play at a higher level yeah. and keep a couple of the better players back so we can maybe get where we are or stay where we are. Um, you know, whether people thought that was wrong, I don't know. But uh, It just sounds you were, you were a passionate coach, weren't you? Yeah, I was. I yeah. just wanted to win as much as we could. But it's pretty hard when you're play four grand finals at Richmond when we play them all against North Melbourne and all against Dennis Pagan, who was a pretty oh. good coach, as we well know. Yeah. And actually, I think the 1989 grand final, I sat out the front of VFL Park, uh, not VFL Park, yeah, Waverley, hmm. my wife, we saw the trophy going, and I said to my wife, we can't win this game because North Melbourne had beaten us by 83 points two weeks earlier in a uh, qualifying final, if I remember rightly, mm-hmm. unless I can get the players to basically play one-on-one. 
and that is not to lose who they were playing on the first quarter, put some pressure back on these people because they were just running around the week we got beat on their own. And I, when yeah. I looked at the tape, which my wife did, I thought, holy hell. <laughs> and uh, it worked because uh, the first quarter, I think Dennis was dragging people off the ground because <laughs> he, he saw they were getting tagged. I think Maxwell, I put on their best player and Maxie was right next to him and he wasn't the same player. So we got out of a, you know, we did the right, we got some good things done apart from the big fight happened. Boom. They were everywhere. They were just trying to knock us out left, right and centre. Was that because of the rivalry between the two teams in finals? No. no I think uh, Dennis, you know, they, they, I, they, they uh, when they beat us in the second game, I sat next to Dennis and said, no, we'll play you in the grand final. Turned out we, we won by a point. In the second time, we played Geelong at Fairfield Park and yes, it was a draw. That's right. And then, we, then we got up, only just. Mm. But, um, and then, I mean, I, I just don't understand sometimes coaches can be what they are. I remember Dennis saying, well, the best side doesn't always win. I think if you're the best side, you do win. So, mm. uh, some great times. Well, the 1980 grand final, Richmond won 12 10 82 against North Melbourne 5 7 37. Um, in 1985, Richmond won 17-14, 116 against North, 13-11, And as you said, the other two grand finals were losses to North Melbourne. In grand finals in 84, yep. 85, yep. 87 and 89. In the 1987, and we were six goals behind, I think, at three-quarter time. And I remember saying to the players, right, make sure if we're going to get the ball and we go forward, it leaves the front of the goal square open. Do not go to the pocket. And for the whole quarter, we went to the pocket. And from being six goals down, we got within about less than a goal. And the siren went two minutes early. Now, I don't think we would have won because I think they might have, they were a little bit stronger than us and they had a chance to kick a couple and didn't kick them. But it's just one of those things. Uh, somebody come around and said, Danny, we've got to play the grand final again. I said, no, we're not. Half the players, you know, weren't well. They got they were tired. They were something pretty sore. So it could have been, but it wasn't. Lost by uh, uh, five points. Was that what it was, wasn't it? Yep, five points. Uh, yeah. Well, that makes me feel worse. Sorry, sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot it was that close. Yeah, don't. I was, just, I was just wrapped in their their effort. I mean, we had Tony Three, Craig Lambert, who really uh, struggled didn't play to their level and get so close and there's a couple of others too so and I think I might have mentioned that to Lambert I don't think he spoke to me for a while after that <laughs> <laughs> well, in 85 you also had a full forward Jeff Hogg well he played full back all year and the kid that um, played ten and a half back I put them both I decided the night before to play, play them both at ten and a half forward and full forward the bloke I can't think his name uh, Schrober that's it. I could never get his mind right. <laughs> I said, mate, Shrobes, you've got the best pair of hands that I've ever seen. Yeah. Use them. Okay? And he just, every time he got, he handled. And uh, oh, we right. got some really good um, goals out of him. And he actually kicked a goal. And I thought, God, it was a horrible kick, but it went through. Um, and Hoggy was outstanding. They tried to knock him out a few times. Yeah. Um, and Desi Ryan played fullback instead of playing forward. So it took a lot of uh, chances. We've um, 
what I did with the team. I talk about a lot, some really good players, you know. Was it McKellar? Yes. Um, oh, you know. You're Pickering? Pimmy, Pickering, mm. um, Notting. And I, um, we, when they beat us the year before, the gentleman, I can't figure it is now, came in who did the, uh, the TV part of it and said, uh, how do you think it'll go? I said, well, we'll, 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 we will win this game. We wouldn't have won. We didn't win it last year in 84, but this year I think we've got a better side by, by a mile. And they did it pretty easy, actually. Can I ask, what, what, what made you, in your mind, what made you a successful coach? Um, I think, really, it's the players that if they have the respect and show that to the coach, I mean, I... I don't think I was much more than I was a, a, a second father. And I, I think it was important that they just believed in what I was saying and hoped that I could help them out along the way that uh, they might improve some things that I've, I've done. And well, when as a player, I played the under-19s and reserves myself. And mm. you just learn things as you go along. Mm. And that's about it. And, um, you know, you need a lot of people around you that do the right thing to support the kids. And at that stage, too, in 89 and 90, Richmond were in financial trouble. Save Our Skins was yep. sort of happening. Did you have any involvement in that? You know, were you or the players, you know, sent off to rattle tins or, you know, go to this place here and that sort of thing? Or was it really just from a senior's... No, my wife was actually involved. She was at the MCG. We... They had a day where they all turned up MCG, and uh, yeah. if I remember right, we were sitting on the fences, and there were lots of things being done. But before that, they were in there. People were coming in and giving fountain pens and giving money, and she was writing it all down. Yeah, um, yeah so it was a pretty tough time. It was. Well, I think Alice Wills was one of the people there who would sort of oversee all the donations and stuff like that. Yeah, um, I remember that. She was a lovely lady, I think, wasn't it? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Um, as some listeners might not realise this, but you did play for Collingwood going way back. I'm sorry to have to push your memory back that far, but yes. how long did you play for Collingwood for? Well, when they gave you the flick, they said <laughs> I'd been here too long. Well, you know, we played none and I grand final, reserve grand final, which we won. In the 66 grand final, which um, I got knocked out in just for three quarter time by Simon. Um, and then, uh, uh, what was that, 67? Actually, the grand final 66, when we got beat, we went and played Sturt the very next week because they thought I didn't want to go. And I shouldn't have played because I didn't know where I was. I happened to turn at the, at the uh, Adelaide Oval in Sturt. Um, and I turned back into the pack and somebody hit their knee into my thigh mm. and ripped it open. You know, I had a triple hematoma. I finished up in the hospital and I played one game for 1967. Uh, I had 73 visits to a, a physio. Um, 73? And, yep. God. That's how bad it was. it was. My leg was black and it was double the size from the, the thigh right down to my ankle. It took me a hell of a lot of time. I've never had pain like it. Oh. And I've been fighting leukemia for 24 and a half years, and I've had really? five heart attacks. This was the worst pain I'd ever been through in my life. Good so, Yeah, so it wasn't uh, it wasn't fun. And then in 68, 
I think it was, uh, I might have played four games. I think I kicked three twice and never scored the other two. And um, I went to the club one day. Mm. I don't know why I went. And all of a sudden, the old man turned up. I saw him on the ground. I was in the middle of the ground. He came up and said, Dougie, I'm sorry, mate. They're uh, taking you off the list. I would like, I tried to get him to play you at centre-half back. Strange. So I finished up playing six years at centre-half back, yeah. including on the greatest centre-half forward of all time in Royce Hart. And at that very stage that day, I was told by the then selector of ours and also selected the, uh, the Victorian um, team that was going to play in the uh, the big thing over in Western Australia in 1972. Yep. Uh, if I do the job today, I'm in. Yeah. And I mean, I think that was great. I thought, excuse me, I'm on the greatest centre-half forward in the business. And for two and a half quarters, I kept him all right. He kicked a couple quick goals, and then I didn't get the job. And I thought, well, gee, we well, don't look at the previous year and a half, which I must have been playing all right, and I think I was, to be uh, into that situation where I was going to be basically sent half back to the Victorian state. So it didn't happen. And I said to Royce, my no training, or the match committee, said, you know what you did to me? He, he couldn't remember. <laughs> I said, "Well, you know, the only good thing about about it is that you were the greatest in half forward I ever played." In. What made him the greatest? Oh, his ability to, as we all know, to fly left and right while you're going straight, and uh, he's you know it was a lovely kick, and that's um, and I, I played him two or three times, and I thought I'd done okay. This day, it was just that. Um, in five or six minutes that he took me apart. But I think he's done that over his whole career. I mean, he was the greatest, mm. I think, at that stage. Why did you Why did you become a coach? Billy Stephen. Oh, right. My, my coach at Fitzroy, I, I did, well, I was training uh, in since 70, when I, I retired in 76. Um, after that, I... I continued to train in 77, and I thought, well, this is good. I'm, I'm right. i got another year. And actually, Kevin Dixon rang me and said, Dougie, mate, we think you're a bit slow. So you finished. <laughs> I thought, okay, thanks. So I hung around, and I was. I went to watch other um, teams play and gave information to Steve-O and uh, the upper coach when Steve-O left. Um, and then, uh, no, Steve-O didn't leave. He, the very next year, said, what about coaching in the 19s? Right. And I said, well, and I had no confidence in my ability to do that. Yeah. Unfortunately, as a player, I was that way at times. I just probably didn't believe that I could do things that uh, I could do if I had the right attitude. But, but it was only when I went into Fitzroy in 68 and 69 when I kicked about, I think it was, um, what, 77 and 38 in 25 games or something, which in a year and a bit, that all of a sudden I just felt like I could probably do anything, even against Richmond, where I never used to get a kick. Mm. Mm. <laughs> so, um, and then, bang, got injured again and finished up playing center back. So, probably gone too far now, anyway. So, when, when you play, well, when you were coaching then, when you started coaching, how long did it take before you felt confident in, you know, your ability to coach? Um. It took a while mm. uh, because I basically looked at them as a like it was me out there playing. <laughs> I actually, I actually was singing out and do this, do that, you know. Oh, yeah, and yeah. The same inside until I woke up. Um, the 
that wasn't a way to go about it. But uh, nah, uh, as the year went on, the players actually made me feel a lot better because I could see the ability that was there. And uh, we set ourselves at least trying to get the finals and, of uh, course, to get into the grand final and lose in um, uh, those two. I think the 79 lost in 80 to Richmond, who were unbeaten, I think, for that year. And we were in, actually 15 points in front of them and three quarters in, in, into the last quarter. And they uh, just had a couple of players who just took over. And then lost the next year in the semi-final against Melbourne when we, in the preliminary final, when we were miles in front, we just kicked poorly. Yeah. And uh, they got over us and bang, that was it. Gosh. So there's some missed opportunities along the way. Oh, yeah. I mean, as a player and as a coach, but I'm just wrapped to think that we won... Uh, uh, Fitzroy hmm. and two at Richmond and played in one in the reserves with Collingwood at the MCG. I mean, four grand finals. I, I think I was involved in 11. Yeah. Seven, seven were grand finals and, um, and you know, okay, some pretty good teams that you can't always beat. I was going to ask what stays in your mind more, the wins or the losses? Um, wins are just an unbelievable feeling. Feeling. I mean, uh, I remember 79 when we lost, in 80 when we lost, and in 1981 when we should have won, and 1982 when the MCG and we were six to seven goals in front of Melbourne who were by far about eight to ten goals better than anyone else in competition. <laughs> um, and I reckon within five minutes of the go, they hit the front. It was one unbelievable grand final. They hit the post twice. And I remember sending the message out to my runner, um, go and tell Peter Burke, who's playing the halfback flank on Melbourne's best half forward player, can't think of his name, just to leave him and run forward. Don't worry about him. And I put someone else back there just to make sure if the ball came down, he was had someone to at least make some sort of uh, something to he would not be on his own. And it turned out the ball went to Peter Burke, kicked the goal. Uh, unbelievable. Probably the best last quarter of football I've ever been involved in as a player as a coach. So I lost it. I said to my bike who's sitting next to me, Kenny Dyer, who's doing all the stats, mate, I can't lose four in a row. If we lose this, I've got to go. I don't think I could survive. And we finish up getting tough. Oh, gosh. Yeah, great, great times. Doug, uh, did your father talk much about his career at Richmond? Uh, unfortunately, when I was about five, my father left and went to Perth. Right. Um, and as a kid, we went over to try to get it. My mother to try to get him back, but oh. he didn't. He used to come, and uh, I, I think once or twice to watch Richmond play. And I think I went with him once in MCG. I was only young, but I remember him writing a letter to me in '66 that um, he saw me playing in the second semi-final, which I can't remember. And he knocked out in 60, the grand final, two weeks later. I can't remember the second semi-final. I can't remember where I kicked the two goals. He said, oh, you've done pretty good, but you, you're right, your game in the grand final wasn't the best. I need you to go and do some running, get some leg speed. Like Peter McKenna did. Yeah. And Peter, Peter's a sensational player. But he did some running and was a completely different player. Gee. So that's the only thing I had from my father. Um, unfortunately, but that's the way it goes. Can, can I just make an observation? Um, yep. So your, your, your father was absent from most of your life. 
Yep. Is in part, is that a, maybe a reason also why you had, you know, the ability to coach juniors? You were in a sense uh, a father figure to them? Uh, not quite sure. I don't think I would have even thought about that. No, I think it was when I started to work with the young kids, it was just uh, one of the great times of my life. I think somebody asked me once, what was more important, playing or coaching? I actually said coaching, mm. which is probably wrong because you can't do much better than play at the highest level and play some, with some great players. But the younger 19 kids, you know, it was just fun. <laughs> and there was bad, there were some bad times too. Yeah. But you've got to accept that. If you're not always going to uh, get everybody who wants to work and do what you want them to do, to hopefully make them better players. But, um, yeah, it's... It was uh, in between, I don't know. Just, well, just to finish up, did, do you, have you kept in touch with Richmond under-19 players? Only one, um, which is disappointing, um, which is Pickers, the young Pickers, the might have played in 89. Um, I think, uh, you know, you, you actually lose their phone numbers. I had Craig Smith a couple of times uh, rang. Yeah, and um, so will be only been the Pickerings and um, and Smithy. If I remember, oh Lambert, oh, speak of Lambert, yes. Um, he uh, we did speak a while, but you know he's gone to Queensland and done yeah. all these good things, which is great for him. But uh, Has he? yeah, I never forgot. He uh, he had a bad game one day, and I walked past him and never spoke to him. He looked at me. He's a plumber. He had pimples all over his face. So I said, I didn't, I didn't talk to him for a whole week. And then finally, thought, <laughs> finally spoke to him. He said, hey, don't do that to me. Okay, if you, you've got to talk to me. <laughs> uh, and, you know, so there's some great times in footy. Well, you'll be happy to know the, the under-19 players I've spoken to have very fond and strong memories of you, Doug, and are very grateful for what you have get, given them and also you've given the Richmond Football Club as well. Uh, been my pleasure. Before I uh, end, can I just ask, who did you barrack for growing up? Uh, Richmond, Essendon, Collingwood. <laughs> <laughs> I lived in a flat just across the road from Richmond Football Ground with my mum. Did you really? After my father left. If you go towards up the hill, towards, what is it, Swan Street or the other one? Yeah. Walk up the hill, there's a, a group of flats run along looking at the Richmond Footy Ground. Yeah, we lived there for a while, and um, uh, oh, and then I was changing every week as a kid. But then, as I started to go to school, I was Collingwood. Did you go to school in yeah. Richmond? No, I went to Collingwood Tech. All right. Couldn't get a game. Couldn't get a game in the, in the football team. I was captain. I was captain of the cricket team because at that stage, I think I was basically better at cricket. I was. I played just in cricket with Collingwood for. A couple of years until Bobby Rose told me, you got to make up your mind what you want to do. And at the very same time he said that, Kustak Pole Senior <laughs> said to me, I want you to go to uh, England with Stacky, his son, to play in that sort of cricket over there. Mm. I had to make a decision whether I played AFL or cricket. Gee. So I decided to get footy and I probably, I love cricket. Probably love it more than footy, mm. but um, you can't get, um, you can't get the feelings when you kick nine goals, for instance, on one day I did, that when you go home, you sit there and think, I've done something special. So they are, they're the individual things. But, mm. uh, yeah, no. Yeah. Can I just ask how you're going health-wise now, Doug? 
Nah, not good. I uh, had 24 and, 24 and a half years with leukemia. And for the last four and a half years, I've uh, gone off medication because I nearly choked down with one of them and the, the doctor said, get off it. Mm. And for some unknown reason, I'm still here and I haven't had a medication. I keep asking, what do you reckon? He says, you're very lucky. Mm. Um, and I've had at least five heart attacks too that nearly killed me. Mm. And at the moment, I've only just... Um, um, had a uh, thing on my heart about a week and a half ago, and it's basically working about half halfway. Hmm. So, but I'm still here. You're. It's what we call a survivor. You're a survivor. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think a lot of people thought I would be gone by this. I was given three to five years, so you know, I've gone twenty five years. So, but I feel good, but it's just uh, you sound good too. Yeah. Well, can we thank you for? Everything that you've given junior football over the years, um, you've in, you would have influenced a lot of under-19 kids, um, and I, I know that all of them will have you in their minds, and certainly you're not forgotten at all. Thanks, mate. Appreciate that.